Hello, heaven high. Heaven high to you, John. This is episode 136. People can email us at podcast at rumdoings.com or they can follow us at rumdoings. And some people do this. There are others, I'm afraid, who still follow us on Facebook. Ugh. And indeed, I believe that they have sent us some Facebook questions. I see your wife has been interfering in our podcast, is what's happened. Yes. Um, well, one of the questions they ask is, shall Martin be featuring again someday? Never. I guess, well, if he, if he gets out of prison, why not? I suppose. Yeah. If, he's, if he gets out of prison and is adequately rehabilitated. Yes, I think that's appropriate. The topic today is, why are there so many repeats? <laughs> Which I believe appropriately is a repeated topic. Oh, there you go. Yep. Um, and you're all right today, John, or do you or do you still have one of your myriad illnesses? I've seemed to be perfectly healthy, thank you. What, what's all that clonking and creaking sound? Do you know, it's my chair's become creaky today. It's not normally creaky. Well, can you stop being so fat, please, or get rid of gravity, one of the two? I've lost four stone. Really? No, just well now. Done. Well done. Just Excellent. Now. You just chopped now. off both legs and your head. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. Well done. Very. I very chopped good. off my torso. I kept my legs and my head. Well, that seems fine. I mean, if you've just got... What do you really need your torso for? You don't exactly. eat... With your torso, you only eat more. Exactly. Yeah. So, um... You're... You think you're well. I assume Laura is still postulant. No, she's better too. Mm, very suspicious. I suspect one of you will get cancer any moment now. <laughs> it seems inevitable. Or nano-cancer, as I believe you're now terrified of. Yes, I read... Well, I don't know what to believe, because I'd read in lots of, you know, these horrible little um, fairly tinfoil hatty sites for ages that um, the invisible sort of suntan lotion, you know, the one that just rubs in your skin and you can't see it because it absorbs, is absorbed by the skin. It gives you the very skin cancer you're trying to avoid. Um, Silver nanoparticles. um, No, no, it was actually zinc oxide nanoparticles. And I've always discounted this as being um, hysterical nonsense. However... Um, I'm now linking to various proper sciency papers which say actually it does seem to cause naughty problems. So I'm wondering no, no, whether I we shouldn't just stay out of the sun. I think similar But then we don't get any vitamin D and we'll get rickets. So what I think do? such papers have been around for a while. I, I've come to the conclusion, maybe, that the old-fashioned sort of suntan barrier that 1950s cricketers used to wear under their eyes, you know, the, the very white, shiny uh, which was a, just a physical barrier, literally, you were painting your face with emulsion. Um, that's the sort of suntan lotion to use. Alternatively, just spend 20 minutes in the sun, get your vitamin D, and then get out of it. Or just accept that we're terminal. Hmm. I am a bit suspicious about it, though, because apparently the worst sorts of skin cancers have nothing to do with the sun. They happen on the uh, soles of your feet and things like that, the proper evil melanoma and so on. So... I think it's a bit more complicated than the stupid people have been telling us. It's to do with the interaction, I think, also of the unstable fats we eat, the polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are very unstable and can be very easily oxidized. I think that's an issue as well. They get into our cell membranes and then the sun hits our cells and all sorts of nonsense happens. So it's very complicated, John. Well, it's okay because you're going to die anyway, so you may as well enjoy some sunshine. Well, I'm not, but you might be. Don't, Don't be silly. Put some suntan lotion on. I'm never going to put suntan lotion on ever again. Well, then you're you're going to burn to a crisp because you're pearly white. I like crisps, oh, although I don't is. eat them anymore. That's true, you do. Well, mm. you'll just you'll just self-consume. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about a, cro- a clockwork orange? Asks Moritz Menze. Ugh. 
I've never seen it. I don't. I'm sure it's good. I just don't really like ultraviolence, so I don't tend to watch it. I have listened to Wendy Carlos's score, but mm-hmm. I have to be honest, I have not read it or watched it because it's on that list of things that were slightly too celebrated and controversial, so I boycott them. That and things like Citizen Kane as well. Never watched that because of that. And but you know Blanco, the twist, of course. That. The twist of what? So, well, you know the reveal. Citizen Kane, everyone has to spoil yes, it. That, that, well, that, that was screwed up for me very nicely, yes. Yes. It, it, it turns out that it's a bush which grows flowers. Turns out that uh, he was dead all the time. Mm, and it was a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. John, Patrick Rose wants to know what's the nicest rum you've ever tasted. Uh, the honey one. I don't think that's true. I think it was the Ron Añejo, the one in the uh, fetish gear that your wife got us. No, that's just, that's my second place, but I like the honey. That one is that one's a much more mature and, you know, if I were a grown-up, I would prefer that rum, but I prefer right. the honey one because it tastes like sweeties. Right. Well, that means you're not a grown-up. No. No. It's funny that they're giving not grown-ups mortgages these days. Don't be silly. Yeah. Well, uh, similarly, Tom Crosher asks, I've... I've just bought an 80% proof bottle of rum off of an Australian guy. 80%. How, uh-huh. should, I, how should I drink it? Mm, possibly, Orally. Possibly let your car drink it instead, because I think that's actually what's in the bottle. <laughs> let the paint on your walls drink it. Yeah, well, if you actually do want to drink it, what I would do is put a bit on your tongue, see if it burns a hole through your tongue. Yeah, yep. uh, we'll put it on a friend's tongue first. Sup, sup the vapours. Actually, somebody with whom you're intimate, put, the, put it in their mouth, let them swallow mm-hmm. it, then snog them and see whether the vapours burn you. That seems fair enough. Okay, so drink it via snogging. Well, we've, of course, 80% proof is, is, is uh, that's, that's basically a pussy drink, really, mm. because, you know, we've, just, we've, we've discussed the straw many times before. Which yes. it can be 80% volume. So if you really want to get a proper drink, get some Austri- Austrian straw. Yeah, Austrian straw, uh, we said before, <laughs> when people say, uh, paint stripper, but actually it just tastes like you're drinking a tin of paint stripper. It's agony. Absolutely disgusting. But I quite like the fact that you can be drinking a tin of paint stripper and not yeah. dying immediately. Exactly. So the, the, I do the, like that. So it's fun because of that. And the, the, fu- the funnest thing, of course, is that it's so difficult to drink because of the fumes are so intoxicating. By the time you put it to your mouth, you're mm. already coughing. And that just makes it fun to try to drink. Well, John, the uh, vacation we're going on, which we won't talk about yet because I don't want to spoil it because we're going to introduce people to it while we're there. We've already spoiled it. Not quite, though. But it inclu- as I said, it includes, uh, as we said last time, un- un- unlimited drinking. It so does. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to be curious to see what sort of beverage you crown the best. We'll see. Well, I'm, I, I would like to discuss what is your obsession with Laura and my drinking. You're so determined. You're so determined that Laura drinks that you're asking her to stop taking the medication yeah. that makes her make babies. Be- because I think that it's a bit like in the 60s. I think that if you became very, very drunk one day, I might learn the truth about you. <laughs> well, unfortunately for you, I shall not be becoming drunk. Uh, Why I not? Just, I hate it. I absolutely I know you it. said that you'd only become drunk once on a New Year's and you didn't like That's it. That's not true at all. I've become drunk you... very many times in my in my see, earlier John, years the, the fact that you won't let go is why i need to get you drunk on a show <laughs> and throw you overboard i got drunk lots and lots of times when i was you know 18 to 21 see, and, 
I've never seen you drunk. At 21, I just went, this is horrible. I'm not getting anything good out of it. So I stopped. Listeners, listeners, don't you think I should at least see John drunk once? But you're just going to see me talking more than I normally do and then get sleepy. Listeners, (laughs) would you like to have a recording of John when he's drunk? Yeah! See, John, (laughs) they said yes. But I don't hold anything back when I'm sober. That's the point. I don't save anything for it. Like I'd only reveal when I was drunk. There's nothing I don't reveal when I'm sober. You will reveal the truth. The truth? What truth do you think I'm hiding? What lies do you think I espouse? Well, how do I know? I've not seen you drunk. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointingly honest. So... What if I just shove a tube down your throat and mm-hmm. then pour pure surgical-grade ethanol down it? Okay, well, you'd go to prison and yeah, I'd go I to heaven. Have... But I'd know the truth quite quickly. <laughs> you know the t- my dying utterance. Yes. They, they, you know they say that a dying man never utters any falsehood. Do they say that? I'm not sure. No, but they do. I mean, a, a deathbed confession or a deathbed statement is taken to be true because they say somebody who is dying has no reason to lie. I don't believe that that's oh, nonsense. accurate. Nonsense. It's, it's actually a legal principle, which is ridiculous. That is crazy. I mean, why wouldn't you lie just because you were dying? So I shall disappoint you by not getting drunk. But I do... You know, I drink alcohol. I, I had uh, a Hogarden last night. Did you like it? Yes, I love Hogarden. It's delicious. Well, it, what's interesting is, again, on this voyage, there are 60 different... So there's a place with 60, uh, 60 different sorts of bottled beers from all over the world. Maybe Ooh, you'll lovely. find a beer that you do like. I like lots of beers. It's For interesting. Instance, you, last you... night I drank a Hogarden. Did you? I much prefer wheat beers. I'm going to keep interrupting you because I'm going to tell you about beers I like because you've asked me to. Well, I know. Prefer... I, I am interested because... You see, we have had a discussion before, and I'm sure some years ago you didn't like beer, so I think you found beers that are acceptable. Now, obviously, we've discussed we hate the British dirty dishwater beers. We can agree on that. The ones that taste like crushed paracetamol in some sludge. We don't like those, uh, do we? Mixed with lemonade into a shandy, they can be perfectly acceptable. Gay. Um, but no, I prefer wheat beers. That's kind of... Gay. I said, I said gay, implying that you are homosexual. <sighs> I know, I ignored it. And mm. I'm also very recently developing, just beginning to develop a taste for ales. How's that happened? Well, I'm reaching my, I'm entering toward, rapidly going toward my 40s, that's how. Your death. So it's called the ale death syndrome. Mm-hmm. How does it happen, though? How did you encompass this ale? Because uh, you just... started hating it, obviously, like every normal person Well, does. every sensible person does, and, yes. But the, what happened? What was the, the flavour route that suddenly tickled you? Well, it's just friends who like ale having me try theirs. Yeah, and you said, this is disgusting, appropriately. Well, and, then one day, and then one day, something happened. There was something about it that you suddenly realised. It's a bit like I've told you before, when I had olives when I was very hungry. I said, oh, the thing that I didn't like about it is the thing that's the unique selling point about it. And then I kind of understood it and appreciated it. What was it about ales that allowed you to appreciate it? The, just, thick, just, the thick, sickening bitterness of it. I'm 36 this year and, and it's just, that's part of, you know. So, so you just think it's appropriate. You just, so you don't actually like it. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Like I just think you socially. develop the taste for it as you, as you get older. No, but that's my point. What is a taste? No, I think the, pro- the problem what is was... It, what is it that you now find acceptable? Well, I think the problem was the, the ales I was tasting. I think I was still trying the ales that my dad would have drunk. When I was younger, um, what sort? Newcastle I would probably find them just revolting. But bar- there's some Bath ales that are really very good. Bath full of ale. Um, yeah, that's what I tend to drink as a bathful. Mm. Um, yeah. I've said the only sort of beer I like before, which is the Lambic beer. Not the sweetened, fruity Lambic beers, but the proper Belgian Lambic beers brewed by um, you know monks and things. And mm. the reason I like them is that unlike 
pretty much any other beer, they tend to be sour rather than bitter. And as you know, I've got a very sour tongue, so I like lambic beers. So if anybody can recommend to me a very nice sour lambic that I should try, I'd be happy to do so. Have you tried the obvious and very easily found uh, Lefe Brune? Um, I have had it, but it's still a little bit bitter. It's not a proper lambic as far as I know. Okay. But I might be mis-under-remembering it. That's true. I've got a... Judith, at the moment, as we speak, has actually been taken to Colour Strings, which is a kind of music for kiddies places where they learn to understand music by singing very simple songs initially that teach them the intervals between notes and that kind of thing, and they learn rhythm, you know, the sort of thing, and then it develops over time, and then they learn to read it and that kind of thing. You know the sort of thing that you never went to, and that's why you're tone deaf. Um, I'm not tone deaf! But one of the very simple songs... There are two very simple songs that she likes that they learn there, and they're quite quaint because it was originally Finnish, and they've kind of awkwardly translated them from the Finnish... Oh, um, she's going to be such a nerd! But... But one of the no, but it's they're, they're very simple little songs that are just there for intervals. But one of these songs, Victoria has a great problem with because of its lyrics, um, uh, and they're actually related. So the, I'll, I'll give the less problematic one first and see if you can determine what the lyrical problem is. Okay. Okay. Um, first one is Mr. Goat. I beg your pardon, but you're eating all our garden, Mr. Goat. Please, it's a scandal. You're a vandal. Okay, that's the first one. Mm-hmm. And. Um, the the second one is, he's a very wicked magpie. All his magpie friends are very wicked too. Sometimes they go stealing. Sometimes they go stealing. Wicked magpie, what are we to do? Okay, and then it goes on about how we're going to throw this wicked magpie into a zoo. Do you have any issues with those songs? Well, this is enormously complicated for three-year-olds. Well, yes, because they're learning different uh, intervals in a good way. But what do you think? <sighs> well, what do you think of the lyrics? Uh, just facile. But Victoria's very cross because she says that a magpie cannot be wicked and it teaches children to start being suspicious of magpies and then, God forbid, they'll start saluting them. <laughs> so you think it's the beginnings of superstition? Yes. Plus, I mean, magpies don't steal things because they're wicked and shouldn't be thrown into a zoo as punishment for that. I think they should. But then again, a magpie steals things in order to show off to the ladies to put inside their nests to say, oh, look at my pretty shiny thing I've got. Mm-hmm. And you think, is that really any different from the motivation of somebody who steals something to show to the ladies all the shiny things he's got? So maybe yes, magpie... that, person is, that person would be wicked and should be kept in a zoo. Fair enough. And what about Mr. Goat? Do you, do you think that Mr. Goat, it's a scandal and he's a vandal for eating all your garden? Uh, if, he, if he broke into my garden without permission, yes. So I believe mean, all animals should be held to human laws. Property, right? Well, like in the medieval times where they'd be hanged if they were in order. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the problem... So, so you don't have any issues with, with the lyrics? No, they seem fine to me. No, there's a more complex one, actually. There's a one about um, uh, uh, Francis Drake the Duck, and it's in... Five, <laughs> it's in... It's in, it's in uh, uh, who can't sing, and it's in 5-4 rhythm time. I mean, it's ridiculous, some of these little songs they learn. But, you know... She will be able to get a music oh, scholarship, she's and be you were horrible. You are intolerable. I'm going to teach her to fart using her hand under her armpit on our holiday. She loves farting. I'm going to teach her armpit farts, and I'm going to teach her um, swears. Actually, on holiday, will you and Laura babysit her for no. a couple of hours? Will no. you all no. alone? Well, I, no. I'm prepared to leave you with her as long as you have some cream tea before you you have her. 
I'm prepared to leave her behind. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. We're not. We've paid four million pounds for this holiday, not to be your babysitters. You are going to be my babysitter. I could be your babysitter. I, I feel like I have been many occasions. That's the only reason I invited you with, so that you can babysit the baby, so that we can have some uh, time eating alone. Is that right? Mm. Well, it's your fault for making a baby. I know, I know. We shan't be so stupid next time. What should the tagline for my Van Helsing, the Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing review be? Um, I've, I've, Jim's just pointed you... out, I've forgotten it. Do you like it or do you yeah, not it's, like it's a, it? It's 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 pretty good. I would, you know, but, it's kind of good in the good range. But what's what? How could it be better? Silly, lots of silly mistakes. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Uh, how about a sanguine experience? That's not a pun. That's really Van Helsing, uh, as in Dracula's Van Helsing, yes? Yes, well, it's his son, but yes. John? I don't know, I don't John, know. If... John, yeah, go, 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 go to Etim Online. Yep. Okay, are you, are you done? And look, yep. up sang- look up Sanguine, S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. Oh, are you about to impress me? I know how to spell Sanguine. Yes, which means, you know. Oh, you win. I do win. Oh, that's beautiful. It is. Oh, Nick, I'm so impressed. Aren't I wonderful? Oh, you are. I am. There you go. Well, there um, you go. Unlike the House of Lords, shall we get rid of it? Yes, that's done. They, they, okay. they, they, they hate gays and yet like taking bribes. Wrong way round. No, my favourite thing was the defence of that well, one of the guys took the bribe going, he said, and I, I believe this is a verbatim quote, he said, that people say that I've broken the rules and I fully accept that, but I have not broken the rules. Yes, I also like the bit on the... Um, on the actual program when they're undercover it says i am taking a bribe and if i've asked, if if i'm asked whether i've taken a bribe i'll say no <laughs> and it's like that's just that's just so beautifully um amoral it's clean at least the lords are clean about it about yes, their true. complete amorality there you go yeah. Nick, who should be the next doctor anyone but a woman with the next time lord tipped to be a time lady our tv critic explains why it can't happen well, it can happen because it's actually not against any logical or physical law of the universe. So it can happen. Whether it should or shouldn't happen is another is. And I'm going to be a bit controversial now. I don't see why it should happen. Um, I think that it, if it's always been a male, why shouldn't it be a male? And because it seems to be a very nerdy male sort of franchise. And I don't see why um, it shouldn't remain so. I'm not a facile. Remember, I'm not a facile equal rights feminist like you are. I don't believe that. I don't believe that the whole of the all of culture needs to be this careful scale. And you put little little bauble on one scale, and you have to match with the other scale. I don't mind pockets of of uh, gender gaming imbalance all over the place, as long as it all comes out in the wash. So I am happy for the Doctor Who to be a man forever. It would be good though if the Doctor could turn out to be. A quite unpleasant older man again, like the original one. I think the main problem with the Doctor Who has not been sexism, it's been ageism, in that we've been getting younger and younger and younger, and it's become necessary that they be attractive uh, males and females only in the thing and that kind of thing. Now, I don't find Matt Smith attractive, but apparently he was, so there you go. I can't believe he's retiring already. That's another thing I find very annoying. It's a kind of it seems to me that these modern actors and actresses are too stepping stony. 
Uh, they need to show a commitment to the franchise to which they've signed up. Um, all of these people were flitty and used it as a stepping stone. I find it a little cynical. They should count their blessings that they've gotten such a wonderful franchise for, which which they may play with. So I can't believe you got me to discuss a kiddies television programme. OK, who should be the next Doctor? Do you know who should be the next Doctor? Anyone but a woman, according to the Daily Mail. Anyone but a woman. OK, I'll tell you who should be the next Doctor. We've already talked about her, Wendy Carlos. Here's Wendy Carlos. Oh, John. I don't know. You don't know what Sanguine is. You don't know what Wendy Carlos is. Why don't you just chop off your head? Oh, right, of course. She composed... Isn't she a bit dead to be? Oh, no, she's still alive. And she used to be a man, and now she's a lady. So everybody will win. Oh, there you go. Isn't that good? That's perfect. Okay, Mm. that's decided then. There's no more fuss about that then. Plus, she she likes to play with big organs and moves and things, which is appropriate for uh, Doctor Who. You know, she likes fiddling with lots of knobs. It's true. And I didn't mean that in the sort of uh, knobs being dick sense, did I? It's just she likes to fiddle. And I think the Doctor has always been a bit of a fiddler. If you look inside the um, TARDIS, there's always levers and things he's pulling. And it does look a bit like a big analogue synth. So, very appropriate. So the, the Daily Mail is reporting the the women's who may well become the next Doctor, which, of course, we've got no, we have nothing into. They're just, they're just six famous British female actors. Yes. So the number first one they have is Sue Perkins off of Mel and Sue. If Sue Perkins becomes the next Doctor, then I'm watching Doctor Who. Would you really? Yeah. But you hate Sue Perkins. I don't. I hate Mel Goodroich. No, you hate Sue Perkins because you hated her on the 99p challenge. No, that's unfair. I thought that she was stupidly constrained on the 99p challenge. I've liked her on everything else, and I think she's a very engaging person. Fair enough. From what I've seen. I like her too, but you always used to get very cross with her on the 99p challenge. No, but that's fine. Yeah, I just think, and more, I was sort of more cross with what the format and the scriptwriters forced her to be on the 99p challenge. Um, uh, And that's why, I know, I think she's uh, the the ideal platonic lesbian. She's the way you want a lesbian to be, isn't she? (laughs) And she's, she's, she's a good lesbian, capital G, capital L. And she looks, she kind of looks like a doctor, so I think that works. Yeah. Ruth Jones. I've never heard of Ruth Jones. Apparently, she's she, an she is the the large lady who played bit parts in Little Britain. She said she was the only gay in the village uh, lady. Oh, okay. Inappropriate. No, very bad. Um, Olivia Coleman, because she's because she's the only other lady actress they've heard of, and no, she actually wouldn't be very good. I don't think. Funnily enough, but they. No, I think she'd be a terrible doctor. Yeah. Bloody Miranda, bloody heart. Absolutely not. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? Absolutely not. I don't know who would make a very... Uh, I, I'm not even being funny. You know, if you could force her through gunpoint to do it, I think Melanie Phillips would make a very good Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> one of the old-style bossy Doctor Who's like the, the very first one, William Hartnell. She, she'd like be the lady equivalent of that. Can you imagine? <laughs> she'd constantly be travelling around history and telling them that it always used to be better before wherever she happened to turn up was. <laughs> If you turn up to the 12th century, say the 11th century was better. <laughs> she'd go back, she'd go to the Jews and tell them to stop being so naughty. Yes. Well, she, you know, she really wants to be a Christian. I, mean, I know, a she's, of... a, she's a Christian trapped in a, in a Jewish lady's body. <laughs> yes, maybe she should have a, she should have a, a, a Christ change. <laughs> she, she should. And then apparently Billy Piper wants to go back to the show, but that wouldn't make any sense. And then they've stuck yeah. Joanna Lumley in there because she once played uh, Doctor Who in the comic relief sketch. Sketch. Right. Well, they wrote skit, and I nearly said that out loud. It should be oh, awful. Joe would be a very good uh, Doctor, actually. Yes? I suddenly like that idea very much. 
but again, she's not an actress, but Moira Stewart. <laughs> I like Moira Stewart as Doctor Who, wouldn't you? Do you have a thing for Moira Stewart? I don't have a thing for her, but I think that she was a very interesting and engaging presence. Her or Kate Adie as Doctor Who would be very good. Kate Adie, nice lady, nice lady, Kate Adie. Don't you think Kate Adie would be a good Doctor as well? But you yes, see, I think I, Kate, Kate yeah, Adie, I can it's, see. It's the, age, it's the age that's more of a problem than, than the genital configuration. You, these days, children's television is only allowed to present youngsters to children, while old people are removed, excised, except as kind of joke half-characters like Bernard Cribbins was. But he was great at Doctor Who, and he cried. Was, has he been you treat <laughs> no, I don't believe he has. He's one of the few who hasn't been you treat. Gosh. Hmm. It's good to know. Yeah, very good. You had a cream tea the other day. I did. Did you enjoy it? It was good, yes. It was proper good. cream, unlike the Lake District. A little, a little bit of disappointment? Well, yes, the disappointment was it was only one scone for £475.50. Well, yeah, but think of it, the shock your body was having, having this stuff after all your clean eating, so it was probably enough. It's um, true. Can you, you now? When I asked you about whether you enjoyed the hotel made of chocolate, oh, the chocolate boutique, yes, or whether it was British, you said both, both, yes. So let let let's hear a, a report as if this were a tawdry audio trip advisor. Well, the rooms are far too small, and I couldn't swing my case. And when I arrived, they messed up the booking, and then there were cobwebs and cockroaches all over the place, and then I was murdered in my shower. <laughs> Doesn't no, sound like that, a, a traditional trip, British trip, review. Yeah, but that's trip trip advisor, isn't it? No, trip advisor would be more. It was a lovely stay, except for when I was murdered in my shower. That would be one of the reviews, and the other review was Jesus came for his third coming. I ascended <laughs> to heaven, but I noticed a bit of dust on the windowsill, and therefore I shall never be returning here again. <laughs> that's great. That's so many. I love reading those reviews because you can take no knowledge from them whatsoever. <laughs> It's the same for anything, you know. You read airline reviews, cruise ship reviews, uh, yes. hotel reviews. They're all all the people. Anybody who writes a review is mad. That's right. Anyway, so so let's hear your review, Madman. Well, well, after you, a nice you, stay at the hotel, hold on, just a, just, oh, just a moment. Wants to be a BBC One review. Yeah, but you have to rewind to why you went to this place in the first place. Well, we had it was Bank Holiday Monday last weekend. It's not the law that you have to go to hotels and Bank Holiday Monday. No, last not at weekend. all, but. Laura, Laura wanted to get away for a night, and she, she wanted to get away from you, and you didn't. No, know. she didn't. Are you she sure? loves me best. She doesn't love you anymore. Hmm. So we, you're we married went, now. No she way wants out. to. She wanted because she loves me. She wanted to take me to Corfe Castle because I like castles. She wanted to take you up Corfe. It doesn't really work, does it? No. And so, and I had a, a free night via Hotels.com. How did that happen? Because uh, I used them to book all the stuff for RPS, so I got a free night. Okay. Anywhere in the world. So you could have gone to Georges Sank in Paris, but you went to Corfe Castle. Good. Yes. Okay. Um, so we went to Bournemouth. <laughs> yes. And so um, it was... Yeah, so I, uh, we found the Chocolate Boutique Hotel. And of course, Laura was delighted by the idea, because she's a girl and chocolate. Mm. So that's why. Okay, not very really interesting. She likes what's that banging? Uh, yeah, I've told you what the banging is. The uh, the neighbours. I've told the ladies though. I've told the ladies. It, it's not the man in the hutch, is it? <laughs> no, that's the old house. No, you you moved him to the hutch. He was released house. into the woods. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, no, my next door neighbour is having a loft conversion, and the uh, action takes place immediately outside my study window. They've obviously uh, been on a tea break for the last twenty-seven minutes, but have come back. Yeah. 
Oh, well, they'll only be working for 30 seconds before the next uh, flask is required. So <laughs> anyway, so, so you went to the Chocolate Hotel at Corfe. Is the hotel in It's not at Corfe Castle. It's about, it, because uh, of the madness of the coastline, it's about 45 minutes away, even though you could walk it in about 10. That's very disappointing. I hoped you were staying in a castle. Sadly not, because it's a ruin, Corfe Castle. You should go to Corfe Castle. It's fantastic. It's a really good ruin. And when we went there, there were actual real-life Saxons there. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's a ruin, but it would have still been better than the hotel I stayed in. <laughs> they were real-life Saxons, Nick. What, German? In their Saxon clothes, with their Saxon foods and equipment and swords. What, German tourists? No, they were, uh, there was a, a, obviously some uh, Renaissance-type peeps there. But they were, they were really good. We, we stood and chatted with a couple of them, and they told us taught us lots of interesting histories. Oh, Andy Coulson, why did you have an affair with Rebecca Wade and then put it under Superjunction? Anyway, carry on, yes. <laughs> so they're not doing Superinjunctions anymore, are they? Yeah, just for all time's sake. That, that, it's Superinjuncted, the, the, the big affair. People thought it was an affair of Boris Johnson and Sam Cam, but sadly it wasn't. Anyway, carry on. So oh, at, that's disappointing. So, so, you're at, so you're at this ruin and you see these... these Poor German tourists being forced to enact. They were English. Well, German, you're always saying. There were plenty of German tourists there, but Mm. uh, yeah. So so, okay, so the hotel. Shush. The hotel was okay. It was just okay. So the idea is that there's meant to be a chocolate fountain in the reception, and then chocolates in your room, and the hotel's made of chocolate. The chocolate fountain turns out to be a miniature one, which was, say, ten inches high and off. So <laughs> I think the just... offness is the most... <laughs> yeah. So it was just a metal bowl of, of, of wet chocolate. Was it slightly congealed? or No, it, it wasn't. It was, it was obviously on enough to keep the chocolate melted, but not particularly warm. So, and so was... basically it was a hot plate with some chocolate on it. With some chocolate on it, and there was a bowl of marshmallows and sticks next to it. But, you know, this is, it, ter- it turns out that the Chocolate Boutique Hotel is, in fact, a front for a chocolate fountain renting company. Right. So they bought it as premises for their, they were the first company in England, in Britain or whatever, to have uh, chocolate fountains for hire. Well, not particularly impressive, considering they couldn't seem to keep their chocolate fountain operating, even well, in indeed. the most and pr- impressive demonstrative environment. We were on the top floor of the three-story building. Um, oh, good grief. <laughs> I don't like that sound. Yes. This has been going for two weeks now. I have to work in this. You don't. You can work anywhere in the country. No, my PC isn't very portable. Oh, come on. If only they made portable PCs. One day they might. <laughs> I'll tell you what. One day they, yeah. might put, put, they might create these PCs that they'll cram into something you can just put on the top of your lap. Not with a big enough monitor and a comfortable keyboard and mouse setup, they haven't. Yes, they have. You're just a. If you want to buy me a two thousand, if you want to buy me a two thousand pound Alienware laptop, you're very welcome to. Just claim it back from tax. Well, I I would if I had the two thousand pounds to buy one. I'm trying to buy a house at the moment. It's not exactly flush. Well, you are if you're buying a house. Well, I won't be once I've bought it. Well, you're just (laughs) terrible. I am. So Count your uh, blessings. On the third floor where our room was, there was a huge, like, ten foot chocolate well, no, like five foot chocolate fountain off just in the dumped in the corridor. Right. That should have been in reception to to greet me. But the chocolates in the rooms well. 
if you were told chocolates in your rooms, what would you expect? Um, ideally, what I would expect is I would expect chocolates to be distributed across various places in the room, like a little bowl with little bonbons in it, and then on your bed, obviously, you'd have little uh, chocolates every night, and then on the side, you might have little uh, wafers of chocolate. I would expect, if there were a chocolate theme, that the chocolates would be distributed in imaginative ways and in different forms across your room, and in the bathroom, this is what mm-hmm. would be the clincher, I would have, um, you know, you can get these philosophy brand um, uh, gels and soaps and things yeah, yeah, that absolutely. smell like chocolate and that kind of thing. So I'd have chocolate-flavoured f- uh, uh, bath materials as well. Mm-hmm. That's what well, I would if, do. Good idea, yes. don't you think? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chocolates in the room, they weren't in short supply, but there, were, there was a dish, but they were all just flat sheet panels of chocolate with chocolate boutique hotels stamped on them. There were no filled chocolates. There were no uh, truffles or anything. I expected that you would get a you'd get a couple of um, semi gift wrapped with a bow gold yeah, boxes yeah. of with about eight different exquisite chocolates in them. If you see what I mean, with you know the strawberry thing and a champagne bit and a funny it, bit of gold leaf in a know, hotel that a... would ordinarily cost one hundred and forty pounds a night. Mm. Um, you, that room, you would imagine. Well, they could it, afford a, a five-pound box of chocolates. Sadly, in Britain, one hundred and forty pounds a night isn't uh, isn't isn't unexpected uh, for something for relatively banal. It's probably cl- close to the high average. So there was quite a, a you know a decent amount of chocolate in the room, but it was just very bland, plain. Mm. It was homemade. They made it themselves. And it tasted very nice. It wasn't you know it wasn't like advent calendar chocolate, but. Mm. It was it was very boring. You, of course, the, we stayed in the white chocolate room, and there was no white chocolate on offer. In See, it. That's, I don't like it when themes yeah. don't follow through. You would obviously have booked yourself into the seventy percent chocolate room. And was there no very 90, disappointed? Was there no ninety? No, they only went up to seven. They, there was a room called seventy percent. Gay, as in homosexual, because homosexuals can only have seventy percent chocolate. You're pronouncing it with the e on the end. I know. So I, I don't think you are accusing the homosexuals. No, if I were, that would be homophobic and very Indeed. wrong of me. Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, yeah. And so it was just like, and as you say, no chocolate-themed shampoos or anything like that. Just mm. regular stuff. And Books the whole place chocolate. needed a lick of paint. And the, the stairs going up were absolutely terrifying. The whole staircase wobbled mm. in a very frightening fashion. Oh, good Did grief. it have that smell of her British hotels? No, it didn't. Corridor. In fairness, it didn't have the British hotel smell. Really? I'm, I'm leaning into the microphone, so hopefully anyone can hear me over this No, it actually sound. sounded better when you weren't leaning, so don't. I can't hear you now. I'm going to turn you up. Say again. Don't lean. It sounds worse. Oh, I don't know what to do. Just kill yourself. I don't think that's going to stop the sound. I think you're just going to have the sound and, and none of my voice. For you, the sound will stop. That's true. There you go. Okay, so you've killed yourself now. It worked. Well done. Okay. Anyway, uh, so. Yeah, so it was just, but it was not, the staff were amazingly lovely, uh, really friendly, and it just felt very nice to be, it felt very welcoming, and it was, the bed was comfortable, which is great, and everything was clean, which is good, you know, so all the basics were there, it's just the thrill, the, the thrills even, of uh, mm. what you would expect for a chocolate boutique hotel really weren't there. No. What did you have for dinner? Chocolate. Uh, we went out for dinner, because they didn't do dinner at the hotel. That's a bit rubbish. They did breakfast. Chocolate-themed breakfast. They did breakfast. We should, I had a, a an English breakfast, full English, but Laura had the chocolate pancakes, mm. which was, unfortunately, a single pancake folded in half. It was beautifully decorated with 
they wrote ha- a happy bank holiday or something on it in, in piped chocolate which was lovely it was lovely I wish I could have been there you do don't you but yeah so no to, it, to, to avoid eating a pancake if you could get a free night there you should go for it but I would, I would be hard pressed to recommend anyone spend money on it yeah you know how they go on about how, how the French are so sophisticated and liberated when it comes to sexual politics unlike, yeah. the, hang, unlike the hung up British I don't want to hear any of that nonsense again after their behaviour recently. Well, I just I'd like to give the same exception to both nations so that it's allowed an unpleasant minority. But well, no, except it wasn't. It became a little bit too big to be just a minority. It was. It a was a frightening minority. number of people who turned out marching around and shouting and and shooting themselves in the head and all that. Kind yes, of thing. indeed. He sure made an effective protest against gay yeah. marriage, didn't he? I, you know, I'm, I, 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 maybe, you know, lots of bigots could use that as a way of protesting, and then soon, <laughs> soon the problem would be solved. We should positively encourage it. Everyone, <laughs> if you fact, hate get the idea of gay people getting married, the best thing you can do is go to Notre Dame and shoot yourself in the face. And actually, do you know what the foreigners really hate? All those people who like to vote UKIP? If you shoot yourself in the head. That's right. So, Mr. Farage says, let's all shoot ourselves in the head to save the pound. Indeed. Uh, you can save the pound and Britain will leave Europe if only you would shoot yourself in the head. Yes. Uh, it was a very bizarre... I don't quite know what he expected to happen. Where Everyone goes, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, he shot himself in the head. Maybe we shouldn't get married. I mean, what's the logic? There's the, you know, Even in the most twisted sense, it doesn't work, does it? No. He died so that they may not wed. Mm. Very strange. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, that, that protest is peculiar. It's not like where you set yourself on fire in order to protest the Chinese government or something like that, because that's obviously to horrify people across the world at the iniquities yes. of, the, of, of the Chinese government and to bring, a, um, to, 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 to bring notice to it in a kind of desperate way. But this is, just, it doesn't work. It's, it, she, she should try again, but with something a little bit more sophisticated this time. What, that same guy? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be. Maybe, maybe this time he should try and make the words of as his brains and viscer, visceral splodges hit the wall, spell out a message. Yes, saying no to the gaze. Yeah, something like that. That'd be Mm. more effective. It would be more effective. That would be lovely. What if a bunch of people all killed themselves at once, such that their slumping bodies spelled out a message? If you could arrange that, it sounds like something on a morbid sketch show. I like it. Good. Hmm. I think we should. I think we've. I know we've only been going thirty-nine minutes, but this noise is obviously not going away for a while. So I think well, we should probably give up. No, we have to have three more minutes. Sorry. We have to cross the forty barrier. We have to get to forty-two and a half at least. Oh, but this is really annoying now. It stopped. It's fine. It's not. They're banging and hammering. Listen. But you'll. See? You'll. But you'll be moving house soon, won't you? Oh, I hope we do. I really do. Mm, well, I'm sure that Dexter will be very upset about it. Well, I know he won't, because he'll get away from that awful girlfriend he's picked up who eats all his food. <laughs> Does she? Like, <laughs> women, eh? <laughs> uh, can't live with them. Can't live with them. Can't <sighs> murder them in their sleep well, well, without again, making a fuss. Again, you can. It's just that you probably yes, indeed. You made the same mistake that the, that the <sighs> Daily Mail made when they said that Doctor Who can't be... A woman. Anyone but a woman. Oh, Doctor Who. Well, I want to find out what their rationale for why they 
why it's so bad. But a woman doctor would be more than a disappointment to the show's legions of fans. It would betray a British tradition. The character has been a role model for three generations of boys. Mm. Unlike conventional muscle-bound superheroes, the Doctor relies on intellect and ingenuity to triumph over violence. There is no one else quite like him on television. He's proof that the sonic screwdriver is mightier than the sword. And in a Britain bristling with casual violence, that example is desperately needed. But for boys only! Hold on. um, Bristling with casual violence. Is this the same country where it's been revealed that we're less violent than we've been? Don't look at, don't ever actually look at crime statistics. Just make them up. Yes. It's very important. It's very important never actually to use the facts of the matter. But to Indeed. Just, to just use the grumbly worries of the matter. Why must the doctor fall victim to a politically correct trend for gentle and neutral childhoods? What? That doesn't make any sense. A gender neutral child. <laughs> if the doctor were a woman, children would become gender neutral. Yes, that makes what? sense. That's uh, such a bizarre uh, if argument. If only there were a gender-neutral childhood. I mean, if you look at the pinkification of everything to do with girls, toys, and stuff, it's unbelievable. You know, you cannot get any so-called girls' toy now that isn't a lurid pink. It's like the law. And sadly, I mean, Judith is uh, is is now. We know we've not told her that, but she's 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 got the message. You know, when you show something, you know, girls have to have something pink, boys have to have something blue. That's it. Has she got the message, or is it just inherent in her? Well, I don't think it is inherent in as much as she didn't seem to have the message until she was in, you know, every time she saw it at nursery, and then, ah, and then okay. all, all her, all the, you know, the, the sisters of her friends tell her friends, boys can do this and girls ah, okay. can do that. So, so, now she, yeah, okay. so now she tells us that girls can do this and boys can do that. Uh, and she's very strict. She's a very, very strict uh, heteronormative uh, person, actually. <laughs> yeah, she gets quite cross if you dare to straight the line. But fortunately, she thinks that... Um, because Victoria painted the shed and fixed it, she thinks that the shed is mummy's secret workshop. So right. uh, at least she has that sort of... I'm, I, by being very lazy, I'm helping to... <laughs> That's true. She does. She does think that that boys can sometimes be pilots, but usually it's girls. Okay. Because she goes went to the RAF museum, and she always flies the left. Obviously, mostly girls. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. It may come as a surprise to many in these liberated times, but most little boys still grow up wanting to be men. That's why Doctor Who can't be a woman, because otherwise, little boys won't want to grow up to be men. That's a lovely bit of logic, isn't it? It's just wonderful. I mean, that's also... I mean, that makes so many questions. Like, uh, what does it mean to grow up to be a man? Uh, is that necessarily a morally necessary thing to want to do? And all these things. But of course, one doesn't argue about such things because to debate is slightly queer and foreign. I wonder if I can re- noise reduce this stuff out. No, you can't, because the, the, the point about noise reduction is it has to be a constant hiss noise where you can just get rid of those frequencies. This, atta- this occasional buzzing is bad, but it doesn't actually sound too bad from here. I think it's well, it sounds worse in your ears. I can barely hear you, and it, looking at the waveform on, the, on my end of Audacity, it's going to be hideous. I think you'll be surprised, Jonathan. I think you'll be surprised. Anyway, well, you, can end, you can end now if you wish. I can, can't I? So thank you very much, everyone, for listening to, to Nick's side of this conversation podcast at rumdoings.com at rumdoings if you want to complain send a message to offcom yes okay 
Heaven high, everybody. Heaven high.